Paul's letter to the Galatians that we read from today in our second reading might be one of the angriest pieces of literature in the entire Bible. The Galatians had initially accepted the gospel, but they had been reneging on some of the teachings of Christ. And Paul is rightfully taking them to task all throughout this letter. They had gone back to some of their their former way of life under Judaism, thinking that they still had to follow the old Mosaic law, the Jewish law. At one point, Paul calls them stupid Galatians. He rhetorically asks, who has deceived you? And all throughout this letter, he is admonishing them for falling away from the teachings of Christ. And this passage today is the conclusion of that letter. Uh, It is is where Paul delivers his final rhetorical punch, if you will. He delivers an exclamation point on everything that he has been trying to teach them. And he puts it in beautiful words. He says, May I never boast except in the cross of Christ. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything but only a new creation. What's Paul getting at with these words? Well, in the Old Testament, the sign of salvation for the people of God was circumcision. That was the sign that they had been claimed for God. It was very much a symbol of the old law in the eyes of St. Paul. And he knew, obviously, with Christ coming into the picture, that that old law was no longer, it no longer applied. It was not needed. Now in the New Testament, the symbol of salvation The symbol of our redemption is the cross. That is the sign of our salvation, our life, and resurrection. But it could also seem a little weird. Why would we want to glory in the cross? After all, it's a method of capital punishment. It's a method of great torture. It's as if St. Paul is saying, may I never boast except in the guillotine, or may I never boast except in the electric chair. Why is that the image that Christ wants us to bear in our lives? Well, the cross, brothers and sisters, in addition to being, yes, a sign of torture and pain, it is also the sign of victory, victory over Satan, with Christ himself as the victor himself. And much like in old military battles where the victor would sort of take what was most valuable to the one who was defeated, He would take the thing most associated with the adversary. You think like in the American Revolutionary War, you take the sword of the general that you beat and take that as almost as your trophy, as a sign of the victory that you had inflicted on your adversary. Death was the most precious thing that Satan had. It was the sign of original sin. It was the biggest consequence of original sin. And death was the most powerful thing that Satan had. And the cross was, maybe you could say, the ultimate symbol of death. And yet Christ took it as a trophy for him defeating Satan. It was taken from the evil one by Christ. That which used to symbolize danger, death, agony, and sorrow now means victory for all of us, brothers and sisters. That is the sign that marks all of us. That is the sign of our victory in the new covenant that St. Paul wanted to impress upon the Galatians.
But that sign of victory is given to all of us, brothers and sisters, in our baptism. First, when that priest makes the little sign of the cross on our forehead to claim us for Christ, but there is also an invisible mark that is made on us, and it is made on our souls. It's an indelible mark, a permanent mark on our souls that can never be taken away. Our souls, in a sense, are branded with the cross. You know, in St. Paul's time, property and even slaves were branded with the mark of the owner. Our souls are marked by God. We are His. We are marked with the cross. That is a sign of God's dominion over us. So again, while in the Old Testament the sign of our salvation and God's dominion over us might have been circumcision, now it is baptism. Now it is the cross. The problem with this, though, is that our souls being marked with the cross is it's invisible. It's an invisible reality. A baptized person doesn't look any different than someone who is unbaptized. It's not that, like we have halos over our head denoting who is baptized and who isn't, or there's a giant arrow like Monty Python pointing at everyone who is baptized. It's not like that. So how do we make this visible to others? Well, Christ, as we know, had his wounds, his hands, and his feet to show to others as a sign of his victory over death. He even asked his disciples to put their hands into his feet and hands in his side. But what do we have? Well, brothers and sisters, even though we might not have those wounds themselves, we are called to bear those wounds, to bear those same marks by our actions. That is how others will know we are followers of Christ. They might not be able to see that invisible mark of baptism on our souls, but hopefully they will see the cross branded on us through our actions. And for St. Paul, this was in suffering persecution for the sake of Christ and the church. For us, it could be by dying to self we can take up the cross. By doing those corporal and spiritual works of mercy, we can take up the cross and have the cross shown to others. Maybe by our observance of the commandments and precepts of the church, we bear the marks of Jesus outwardly. The more we do these things, the more our outward disposition matches that of Christ. The more Christ-like we are to others, hopefully seeing us, they will hopefully see Christ. That is how we can show outwardly the marks of Christ that we bear on our souls invisibly. So this week, brothers and sisters, let's maybe resolve to show others the marks of Christ, to show them how the cross is marked on our souls. Let others see how we are claimed for God and see that sign of victory over death. For we are called to rejoice in the cross of Christ, brothers and sisters, for because of the cross, our names are written in heaven.